Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Need for Sleep. I'm sure you're really tired as well, just like me. But you can't sleep, just like me. So, instead of just laying in bed, doing nothing, looking at nothing, you might as well just listen to me reading a story for you, because it can be really calming to know that someone's there and telling you a story, so it doesn't matter what age you are or who you are or what you are, I believe everyone deserves a good bedtime story, so I'm gonna read some for you, but before that, just make sure your alarm is set for tomorrow, you follow this podcast, and everything that you need to do is done, and even if it's not done, it's okay, because you need to relax. The next few minutes will be a relaxation exercise, it takes about four minutes, if you don't want to listen to it, then just skip ahead and go directly to the story. Now, place yourself in your bed, make yourself comfortable, and lay on your back. Place your pillow so it's right, and close your eyes. Imagine yourself being, just existing, and imagine that your bed is holding you up, just like it was a hand who is carrying you, and it would never drop you, you can just trust it, and now imagine your legs being flat on the bed, or if you want you can bend your knees and make your feet stand. Now imagine that the bed is supporting your feet or your legs with the same force that your legs or feet are pressing on the bed. And when you're ready, just really let them go. Don't try to force it. You will be able to let them go when they want to be. Now bring your focus to your pelvis and trust that your bed is holding you up. Relax the whole pelvis. The bed is holding you up, so you can just let it go. Now focus on your back. Feel the touch from your bed and how it supports you. And just let it go.
focus on your arms. From the fingertips to the shoulders, your bed is holding you. You are fully supported. Your bed would never drop you. So you can fully give in to it. Now, focus on your neck and head. Your head is actually very heavy and it deserves a good rest. So just allow yourself to let it go completely and feel how heavy it is. Focus on your whole body. Everything is fully supported from your head to the tip of your toes. Now allow yourself to just drift away while I'm reading for you. Tonight I'm going to read The Shepherdess and the Chimney Sweep by Hans Christian Andersen. Enjoy. Have you ever seen an old wooden cabinet, quite worn black with age, and decorated with all sorts of carved figures and patterns? Just such a one stood in a certain parlour. It had been left by the great-grandmother and was covered from top to bottom with carved roses and tulips. The most strange patterns were on it too, and little stag's heads stuck out between them with their zigzag antlers. On the door panel, the shape of a most ridiculous man had been carved, for he grinned, you could not call it smiling or laughing, in quite a curious way. He also had crooked legs, little horns upon his head, and a long beard. The children called him the crooked-legged field general. It must have been a big job to carve him out of the wood. However, there he was. His eyes were always fixed upon the table below and toward the mirror, for one this table stood a charming little figure of a shepherdess. Her cloak gathered gracefully around her and fastened with a red rose. Her shoes and hat were gold-colored and her hand held a shepherd's crook. She really was very lovely. Close by her stood a little chimney sweep. He was as clean and neat as any other figure. Indeed, he might as well have been made a prince as a sweep, since he was only make-believe, for though everywhere else he was as black as coal, his round, bright face was as fresh and rosy. This was certainly a mistake. It ought to have been black and covered in coal dust if he was really a chimney sweep. There he stood, so prettily with his ladder in his hand, 
quite close to the shepherdess. He always stayed in the same spot, and from the first time he was put there, they promised each other they would always stay together. They suited each other exactly. They were both young, both of the same kind of porcelain, and both equally fragile. Close to them stood another figure three times as big as themselves. It was an old China man, a mandarin, who could nod his head. He was he was, he was of porcelain too, and he said he was the grandfather of the shepherdess, but he couldn't prove this. He said that he was in charge of her and so when the crook-legged field general proposed marriage to the little shepherdess, the mandarin nodded his head, giving his approval. You will have a husband, said the old mandarin to her, a husband who, I believe, is made of mahogany wood. You will be the wife of a field general, of a man who has a whole cabinet full of silver plates and even more things in the secret drawers. I will never go into that horrible cabinet, cried the little shepherdess. I have heard there are eleven porcelain ladies already stuck in there. Then, replied the mandarin, you will be the twelfth, and you will be in good company. This very night, when the old cabinet creaks, we shall have the wedding, as surely as I am Chinese Mandarin. And upon this he nods his head and fell asleep. But the little shepherdess wept and turned to the beloved of her heart, the porcelain chimney sweep. I must ask you, said she, to go out with me into the wide world, for here it is not possible for us to stay. I will do everything as you wish, replied the little chimney sweep. Let us go at once. I am sure I can earn enough money for both of us with my work. If we were only down from the table, said she, I won't feel safe till we are far away, out in the wide world and free. The little chimney sweep comforted her and showed her how to set her little foot on the carved edges and on the leaves carved around the leg of the table until at last they both reached the floor. But, turning for a last look at the old cabinet, they saw that everything was in uproar. All the carved stacks stretched their heads farther out than before, raised their antlers, and moved their throats while the crook-decked field general sprang up and shouted to the old Chinese Mandarin, Look! They are running away! They are running away! They were frightened at this and jumped quickly into an open drawer in the seat by the window. Here lay some packs of cards in a little doll's theatre, which had been set up as nicely as it could be. A play was going on, and all the queens sat in the front row and fanned themselves 
with the flowers which they held in their hands, while behind them stood the jacks, each with two heads, one above and one below, as playing cards have. The play was about two persons who were not allowed to marry, and the shepherdess cried, for it seemed so like her own story. I cannot bear this, said she. Let us leave the drawer. But when she had again reached the floor, she looked up at the table and saw that the old Chinese Mandarin was awake and that he was rocking his whole body to and fro with rage. The old Mandarin is coming, cried she, and down she fell on her porcelain knees, so frightened that she was. I have thought of a plan, said the chimney sweep. Suppose we creep into the vase which stands in the corner. There we can lie upon the roses and lavender and throw salt in his eyes if he comes near. That will not do at all, said she. Besides, I know that the old mandarin and the vase were once engaged, and no doubt they are still friends. No, there is no help for it. We must go together out into the wide world. Have you really the courage to go out in the wide world with me? Asked the chimney sweep. Have you thought how big it is? And that if we go, we can never come back? I have, she replied. And the chimney sweep looked earnestly at her and said, My way lies through the chimney. Are you really brave enough to go with me through the stove and creep through the pipes and the tunnel? Well, do I know the way? We shall come out by the chimney and then I shall know what to do. We climb so high that they can never reach us and at the top there is an opening that leads out into the wide world. And he led her to the door of the stove. Oh, how black it looks! she said. She still went on with him, through the stove, the pipes, and the tunnel, where it was pitch dark. Now we are in the chimney, he said, and see what lovely star shines above us. There actually was a star in the sky that was shining right down on them, as if to show them the way. Now they climbed and crept. An awful long way it was, so steep and high, but he went first to lead and to smooth the way as much as he could for her. He showed her the best places to put her little foot until at last they came to the edge of the chimney and sat down to rest, for they were very tired, as you can well imagine. The sky and all its stars were above them, and below lay all the roofs of the town. They saw all around them the great wide world. It was not like what the poor little shepherdess had thought it might be, and she leaned her little head upon her chimney sweep's shoulder and wept so bitterly that the gold was washed from her golden scarf. This is too much, 
said she. It is more than I can bear. The world is too big. I wish it was safe back again on the little table under the mirror. I shall never be happy till I am there once more. I have followed you out in the wide world. Surely, if you really love me, you will follow me back. The chimney sweep tried to reason with her. He reminded her of the old mandarin and the crook-legged field general. But she cried so bitterly and kissed her little chimney sweep so fondly that he could do not otherwise than as she wished, foolish as it was. So they climbed down the chimney, though with the greatest difficulty crept through the pipes and into the stove, where they stopped to listen behind the door to discover what might be going on in the room. All was quiet, and they peeped out. Goodness! There on the floor lay the mandarin. He had fallen from the table in his attempt to follow the runaways, and had broken into three pieces. His whole back had come off in a single piece, and his head had rolled into a corner. The crooked-legged field general stood where he had always stood, looking out at what had happened. This is shocking, said the little shepherdess. My old grandfather is broken in pieces, and we are the cause of it. And felt guilty. He can be fixed, said the chimney sweep. He can certainly be fixed. Do not be sad. If they glue his back and put a bolt through his neck, he will be just as good as new, and will be able to say as many horrible things to us as ever. Do you really think so? she asked. Then they climbed again up to the place where they had stood before. How far we have been, said the chimney sweep, and since we have got no farther than this, we could have saved all the effort and just stayed here. I wish grandfather was mended, said the shepherdess. I wonder if it will cost very much. Mended he was. The family had his back glued and his neck bolted, so that he was as good as new, only he could not nod his head any more. You have become awfully proud since we were broken to pieces, said the crooked-legged field general to the mandarin, but I must say, in my opinion, I don't see much to be proud of. Am I to marry her, or am I not? Just answer me that. The chimney sweep and the shepherdess looked pleadingly at the old mandarin, hoping for pity from him. They were so afraid that he would nod his head, but he could not, and it would have been beneath his dignity to have confessed to having a bolt in his neck. So the young porcelain people always remained together, and they blessed the grandfather's bolt and loved each other for the rest of their lives.
the end. And good night.